Hi, and welcome to the White Hill podcast series. My name is Roger. I'm one of the pastors here at White Hill, and we're glad that you've chosen to listen to one of the podcast messages today. Our prayer is that you would be challenged and inspired to take the next steps in your journey with God as you listen to this message. If you want to keep in touch with more things that are happening at White Hill, head to our website at whitehill.church and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Enjoy this message now. It's great to be here with you this morning. Um, it's a bit hard to... Hi! <laughs> it's a bit hard preaching to masks, so I need you to use your encouraging eyebrows to let me know if I'm on track. So if, uh, if um, God is speaking to you or if you um, like a story or um, if you're engaged in what I'm saying, I need to use, you to use your eyebrows to let me know that. Well, thank you. I see some eyebrows out there now. Um, so it's an honour to be here to share with you today and um, to share on the first Sunday of 2022. And it's the second week of your series called Believe. And, um, and Brad shared last week, and I'm going to jump in now um, in John chapter 1, and we're going to um, read from verse 35 to, um, to verse 30, 42, and that will also come up on the screen. Um, now, this passage is written by the disciple John, but we're talking about John the Baptist here. Um, and uh, John the Baptist was at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, and he had been um, calling people to re repentance and baptizing with them. And Brad shared last week about that and about um, John's testimony about Jesus. And so we're jumping in here. It says, The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that, that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what he had said what John had said, and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. When uh, Roger and Julie talked to me about this series that you're in and about this passage today, um, when I first read it, those words of Jesus, come and see, uh, come and you will see, really stood out to me. Uh, and so because we talked about this in December or might have even been late November, um, I was on the lookout for some come and see moments. And I found actually many of those in the lead up to Christmas. Um, one of them um, was this one that will come up on the screen. A friend of mine uh, lives in the central coast of New South Wales and visited the Pink Caves in Catherine Bay. And uh, they had actually found it a little bit hard to find the Pink Caves. They, um, it's a little bit tricky when you first get there to know which walk to go on to get to the Pink Caves. And they had actually asked someone uh, who said, oh, no, they don't, they're not here. They're at a different place. Um, but they kept going anyway. They kept persevering and they found the Pink Caves. And you have to go at low tide and the, the uh, washing of the seawater naturally 
uh, reveals the, um, the pink um, tones of the rock underneath. And the wa water there, which looks turquoise, is um, because she posted on Facebook and said, come and see this. This is amazing. These colours are real. The rocks do look pink. There's even um, hues of purple in there as well. And the water does look turquoise. So that was one of the come and see moments. She said, it's not that hard to get to and it really does exist. Another come and see moment for us was um, we got a kitten around Christmas time, and you'll see that come up on the screen as well. Um, and a little tradition in our house is that um, it, it, with our first paycheck, um, we'll um, give some away and, uh, and buy something for someone else. And so Hannah, my daughter who's joined me here this morning, she bought her brother a kitten. So this is Josh with our new kitten. The kitten's name is Dave. And, uh, and the next photo, um, you'll see Dave in the Christmas tree. No, that we've missed one there. Okay. Um, so there is. So if you, bottom left of screen, you'll see Dave the cat up in the Christmas tree where he liked to spend his time. And if we zoomed back out, which we haven't got a photo of this, you'll see all the baubles from the bottom of the tree missing because he liked to bat them down. Um, but one of my texter friends was, come and see our new kitten. Not to brag about our new kitten, but because um, some of our friends can't have a kitten because they're renting. And they would dearly love it. And their kids just find so much joy from, the, from a kitten. So I said, come and see our kitten. Come and play with our kitten. Another come and see moment um, was that next photo that you saw where I yelled out from our house, come and see this, everyone. And uh, what that is, is our older cat, Puss, um, looking at a blue-tongued lizard which was coming and eating his food. And I'm not sure what happened to his cat instincts because he's just laying there watching him. Um, but that was a very interesting, well, shared excitement and amazement uh, at the um, blue-tongue eating the cat food. Um, we see these come and see moments all throughout the Bible, actually, but also all throughout John. Um, in our passage today, um, there's John baptizing people, calling people to re repentance by the Jordan River. And uh, he gave amazing testimony the day before, which Brad would have shared with you last week. Um, and he points out Jesus to two of his disciples who are with him. And he says, look, the Lamb of God, this is who I've been talking about. This is who we've been waiting for. This is who we've read about in the scriptures. This is the Messiah. And so immediately those two disciples started following Jesus. And the story could have ended there in John and we wouldn't have thought anything more about it. Um, but it doesn't. Um, John gives us some more detail about what actually happened then. Because Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? It's an interesting question, isn't it? We don't see Jesus asking this particular question very much. Um, I wonder if they knew what they wanted. John had just told them that this is the Messiah. Could they have said that to Jesus? Well, John just said, you're the Messiah, so we're, we're wanting to follow you to find out more. Um, I wonder what, or maybe lots and lots of questions were racing through their mind. I wonder if they fumbled a bit over that because they just responded with, where are you staying? It's a very interesting response. It wasn't a clear answer to Jesus' question, but a few things could be in play here. Maybe they had so many questions, they, it was too much to answer on the spot. Maybe they were afraid to ask what was really burning on their hearts. Later on, even John the Baptist himself sent a message to Jesus to say, are you really the one? Are you really the one we've been waiting for? Or maybe they have a sense of who he is and they don't want to let this opportunity pass. And so 
they want to be with him. They want to go with him. They want to hang out with him for the day. And Jesus' answer was this, come and you will see. Or come with me and you will see for yourself. He wasn't just talking about the place. Come and check out this place that I've got teed up. It's really great. We've got a nice lounge room there. We've got some good food. He was, he was actually speaking to those questions in their hearts. But maybe they couldn't even put into words. All those unanswered questions. And there are a few other come and see moments in the rest of the book of John as well. Uh, in the very next passage after this one is uh, where Philip says to Nathaniel, come and see. Nathaniel was a bit of a skeptic saying, surely nothing good can come from Nazareth. But Philip said, come and see. And then later on in the book of John, we see um, the woman at the well, um, who, who is the first person that Jesus reveals himself too, who he really is. And she goes back to her village and says, come and see a man who has told me everything I ever did. And so she uses that come and see invitation about Jesus as well. Come with me and you'll see for yourself. It's a simple response which connects with our deepest longings. I wonder what your response would be to Jesus now if he said, what do you want? Or I wonder what it was the first time when you decided to follow Jesus. If he had have asked you, what do you want at that time, what would your response have been? What were you longing for? Because we all have things that we are longing for in life. Your friends, your family, your co-workers, your neighbours are all longing for something, but not always the same thing. Some people are longing for answers. Some people are longing for peace. Some people are longing for joy. Some people longing for community. Some people longing for acceptance. But all of these can be answered. Not always with apologetics, with a good argument, but always with the phrase, come and see. Come with me and see for yourself. I heard someone um, recently in the lead up to Christmas um, asking people to put themselves in the position of people waiting for the king. And they were assuming that everyone would be wanting a bold king, um, a king that comes with authority, a king that comes and makes things right, um, which, which is right. But I wondered in the people who were listening, if we were waiting for a king um, before Jesus came, what kind of king would we be expecting? And maybe it would be different for each of us. Maybe people would have a different hope, a king that brings peace, a king that brings restoration, a king that brings joy. All are right and all are true from the scriptures, but different aspects coming from people's different needs. And Jesus constantly invites us to come with him and see for ourselves the more that he is offering the more that he has for us. And the very cool thing is that he partners with us to offer that invitation to others as well. To offer that invitation to our family members who don't know him, to people in our community, to our neighbours, to our colleagues. In Matthew 28, he instructs us to go into all the world and make disciples. And the tense of that phrase actually means as you go. So as you are going, say to people, come with me. And making disciples is about following. So come with me and see for yourselves. 
It's a great commission. And so as we go, we invite others to come with us so that they may see for themselves that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, who is personally interested in them and offers them abundant life and offers them answers to their individual needs. This can be a bit tricky, though, when we actually try and put it into practice, can't it? Sometimes we are shy about talking about Jesus. Uh, sometimes people can seem uninterested in the message of the gospel, or even anti sometimes. The, uh, McCrindle did a survey of Australians, and um, there are some encouraging things that we find out in this survey. That um, so many more people are thinking about the meaning of life. People are thinking about their own mortality, thinking about God and, and considering praying even more than they were before. And the next slide also shows us that 33% of people, of Australians in the general population, said in the McCrindle survey that they would be likely to attend church service if invited. And that's actually a lot higher than we would think. That means three out of 10 of your friends potentially, or 30 out of 100, or 300 out of 1,000 of your Facebook friends might attend church, might come along if you invite them. That's a great opportunity. I just want you to just file that in your minds as we continue to talk. We did the National Church Life Survey of um, Church of Christ churches in 2019, and 32 Churches of Christ took part in that survey, and um, nearly 2,500 people in, in churches like this filled out that survey. And what we found in that survey was that 75% of people felt at ease talking about their faith. That means that if someone asked you about your faith, three quarters of you um, would feel okay about answering those questions. But the survey showed that only 20% of us look for opportunities to do that. That's a big difference, isn't it? Three quarters of us feel like we could answer the questions, but less than a quarter of us actually look for the opportunities to do so. I wonder if we could flip that around. I wonder if we could flip that around as Church of Christ, as White Hill Church of Christ, so that next time we do the survey, that actually looks different. So that more of us feel at ease talking about our faith and more of us, so many more of us, look for opportunities to do so. Come with me and see for yourself. Now, I'd like to uh, do something a little bit different this morning. I'd like to do a bit of a language lesson for you. So you're up for learning a little bit of Chinese this morning? Yeah, got some yeses, got some encouraging eyebrows, thank you. I'd like to uh, introduce you to this word, which is guanxi. Um, it's a Chinese word called guanxi, and it's talking about relational capital. Um, now, Craig and Marion Sadler are watching online, and he would be chuckling from his lounge chair because I use this at work all the time. It's part of my vocabulary because it um, so adequately describes relationships that we build, in, we build in all areas of life. Now, in China, they use it mainly in the business world. It's talking about relational capital that you, that you build up with someone over a long period of time um, so that you can have positive business dealings with them. We don't use it in that terminology because it relates so, um, so well to all of life. It's actually a word which transcends culture and time because even across the world, I've even read an article this week, um, people in Canada are using it in the business world. 
Um, but, but just with all of our relationships, it relates so well. It's about investing in relationships. It's about spending that time with people. It's about being personally interested in people's lives. It's about carving out time in your life for others. It's about saying, come with me. And we do it so that we might have the opportunity to extend that come and see invitation to others. We intentionally build into relationships in our local community to see what opportunities that God might bring about. Um, at home, we have Guanchi with our local restaurant owners. We've got a little bank of restaurants very close to our house. And so instead of ordering from the bigger chains or Uber eating, um, we'll go down to our local bank of restaurants and order from them. Um, and, and we'll go in and we'll talk to the restaurant owners and we'll invest in that relationship. We learn their names. We celebrate the birth of their children. We give them gifts that are meaningful. Um, at the birth of the child or Hannah's famous Rocky Road, um, we have given them before as well. Sometimes they will throw in a free garlic bread or some, some uh, chips, but we don't do it for that, of course. We do it for the opportunity to build into that relationship. We do it for the opportunity to have those deeper conversations later on. Now, expressing kindness and generosity comes naturally to me. It was how I was raised in my family to look for those opportunities. But I realised that that's not how we have all been raised. And for some of us, we have to develop that. But it's a natural thing that will come out of our relationship with Jesus because they are part of the fruits of the Spirit. So naturally, as we follow Jesus closer and closer, we will notice the needs of other people. We will invest in relationships. We will care deeply about others and we will serve other people as well. We don't do it with intentionally most of the time. It becomes our way of life. And in our lives, Jesus, Jesus uses guanchi or uses kindness or uses generosity to deepen relationships. We find people of peace and we get to have those deeper conversations. The next verse is going to come up on the screen, which I just forgot the reference to just briefly. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And then Romans chapter 2, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Now, in the Chinese culture, they, the, the intent of Guanxi is to increase business. But we naturally show kindness and are generous to others, investing in people to find those people of peace so that we, so that who might be interested in talking more about faith or hearing the gospel or coming to an event or joining a small group or reading the Bible with us, but simply to do life with us. Your colleagues, your neighbours, your family, your friends who don't know Jesus yet. You're saying, come with me on the journey of life we will naturally share our highs and our lows. We will share our celebrations. We will share our struggles. And then we will naturally share our answers to prayer. A lady that I became friends with um, when we were colleagues is on a bit of a faith journey. 
not currently a faith journey in Jesus' footsteps, but there is some potential there. We have built relationships. I had a natural connection with her. I shared her love of birds and her love of, uh, of serving people and investing in people. And so we became friends. And we share our faith stories, which are a little bit different, but we share them freely because we're sharing it in relationship. And we have respect for each other's stories. And we have faith conversations that occur naturally and honestly. And there have been and there will be opportunities for more come and see conversations and more come and see invitations because of that relationship. But how do you start? How do you start having conversations with people that you might have known for 20 or 30 or 40 years or neighbours that you have lived next to for a decade? How do you start those conversations? Well, the good news is you don't have to have a fabricated introduction. You don't have to say, can I tell you about Jesus and his sacrifice to you straight up? You can use your natural relationship with him. You can use the things that are important to you, the way that God has created you, the way that God uses you to bless other people. You can use that. It might be acts of kindness. It might be acts of service, mowing their lawn, cleaning out their gutters, cooking meals. It might be spending time with someone who is lonely might be a meaningful gift to someone who really needs it. It might be honoring a commitment or investing in a business where it's, when it's cheaper to go somewhere else. We let our light shine before men so that they may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. We invite them to come with us. And so that first part of Jesus' statement, come with me. And then the second part is see for yourself. And I wonder what people are going to see in your life when you start spending more time with them, when you start letting them in, when they spend time with your family, when they become uh, part of your friendship group, when they come over for barbecues or street parties or work events, when you share with them over lunch or over coffee. I wonder what they're going to see. You might say, I don't have a miraculous story that I can share with someone. You know, sometimes people share their testimonies and you think, oh, I wish I had a good testimony to share. That would be easier to share with other people then. But that's not necessarily true. Maybe you're a foster carer and you've cared for kids in very trying circumstances. What a great testimony of God's grace. Maybe you care for your elderly parents or your sick neighbour. What a great testimony of God's compassion. Maybe you have peace in very trying circumstances, very challenging times in your life. What a great testimony of God's promise of that being offered to everyone. Or even if you can't put your hand up for any of those, you might think of your own. Or as you continue in your walk with Jesus, there will be differences about you that other people will see. There will be opportunities for you to say, come and see to others. And these are going to be unique to you. I grew up without a miraculous conversion story. Apparently, I prayed the prayer in the back of the little red Leyland Mini when I was five or six, apparently. Um, and then I enjoyed going to church. I enjoyed knowing God. I enjoyed praying. I enjoyed um, 
going along with my mum and then later with my dad as well to invest in lives of other people. Um, but since then, God has provided many stories of his goodness and his grace, which I can share with others, not as miraculous testimonies, but as people just continue in relationship that I can just naturally share and say, hey, guess what happened? Or, hey, you know, I've been struggling with this. Look at this. Look what's happened now. It's like a friend sharing about an amazing cave or a new kitten. In relationship, it's just a natural thing that we do. Sometimes it'll be like the woman at the well. Come and see Jesus who has done this miraculous thing in my life. And sometimes it will be like Jesus' invitation. Come and see where I am staying. The pathway to faith for some people is as simple as sharing in the life of someone already following Jesus. And that includes you. And even if you don't have that miraculous conversion story, be on the lookout for what God is doing in your life now because those are some of the stories that you might have an opportunity to share with others. You can also share scriptures with people who are interested too. A friend of mine uh, in Bundaberg, um, when we were ministering in Bundaberg, um, her kids were coming to Sunday school. And uh, she had not grown up in the church, and so the stories that her kids were coming home with, she, d she hadn't heard them before. And so she said, well, I don't want to be left behind. Could you tell me some Bible stories? And so I said, sure, why don't we read them together? And so we read Bible stories together, and um, this lady was hearing them and reading them for the very first time. And in our lounge room there in Bundaberg, she was actually on the edge of the lounge chair as she was reading and we were talking about the story of David and Goliath together. And, and she's like, oh man, this is wild, she said. And I said, well, what do you think is going to happen? Well, surely the giant is going to kill the boy. And so we read together that that's not what happened, that something miraculous happens. And so the scripture's coming alive to people who are interested. That was um, a real honor to be part of her journey in that way. Come with me and see for yourself the stories of the Bible. Some people are interested and would love to read the Bible with you, but we don't know because we don't even broach that conversation. And we saw last week, John the Baptist gave his own testimony of Jesus. So you'll see through John, Jesus' invitation to come and see for yourself, but also Jesus' invitation to people, which we see through the Gospels, to follow me. He didn't say that to everyone. Not everyone got asked if they would like to follow him in the New Testament. He says it a few times to people who declined, like the rich young ruler and Nicodemus. But if you are a follower of Jesus, you have had that invitation from Jesus to say, follow. He said, follow me. And you said, okay, let's start this journey together. And if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, that invitation is on offer to you right now to say, okay, let's start this journey and see where it goes. We're at the start of the year and at the start of a series called Believe. And so I have a challenge for you today at the start of the year. Who can you be praying for this year or even over the next few months who doesn't know Jesus? Who in your life in your circles, in, in your neighborhood, at work, at school, 
in your social clubs, in your sporting clubs? Is anyone coming to mind that you can be praying for and looking for opportunities to share a come and see moment or to do an act of kindness for them or service, to invite them to join you in serving others or just to be on the lookout for those deeper conversations, even just to be looking out what are the needs in their life? What, what is it that's burning on their heart? And so I'd like to invite the worship team up now and I'd like to give you a minute to think about that. If you've got a pen and paper, I'd like you to write those names down that God places on your heart. Or if you've got your phone, pop them in there. Someone that you'll be praying for over the next, over this year or even the next few months that God might be inviting you to walk alongside. That in whatever way is natural to you, whatever way resonates with your personality and your gifts and your situation in, your, in life, that might lead to some come and see moments. I'll give you a minute right now to do that. there and I could pray for you but I can't leave it there because there's also a personal invitation from Jesus to you this morning because that come and see invitation from Jesus doesn't end at conversion it's not a one-off where Jesus says come follow me or come with me and see for yourself it's an everyday invitation for us to go deeper with him for us to walk closer with him for us to be filled even more with his spirit to be reaching out more for others, but just to have that closer relationship with Him. And so I just wanted to remind you that that invitation is for you this morning, right now. Whether you don't know Him, whether you've known Him for a little while, or whether you have known Him your whole life, that invitation is for you. That Jesus is saying right now, He has His, his hand out and He's saying, come, come with me. See for yourself the more that I have for you, the more that I have for our relationship. Let me pray. Jesus, it is such an honour that you have called us to follow you and that you partner with us in your mission for the world to pass that invitation on to each and every person. And so right now we surrender ourselves to you. We want to go deeper with you. We want to take you up on that invitation to walk closer with you. And even though it's scary sometimes, we want to take you up on those opportunities where you will extend that come and see invitation to others. And so the people that you have laid on our hearts, 
We pray for them right now, Father. Work in their hearts. Bring them closer to you. Help them to question. Help us to know how best to build into those relationships and how to respond at the right time with the come and see invitation. We want to say that we love you and we accept your invitation to come and to walk closer with you. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you live locally here in the Ipswich region, we would love to invite you to come and join us in person uh, here at one of our Sunday gatherings at Whitehill. Uh, for more information on our services or our ministries, head on over to our website at whitehill.church. If you're interested also in taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus, please also at our website, hit the connect button and let us know where you're at. We would love to catch up with you either over a coffee or on a phone call to chat with you about where you're at. We hope you've enjoyed watching this message and we pray that God would continue to bless you as you seek to seek Him in your daily life. God bless.